0: you 57 punks against kung fu joe master of karate kung fu jujitsu and all other shit you ain't never heard of Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 59 and Jessalyn and I went and saw a buttload of movies this weekend.
1: Finally.
0: Finally, yes. Uh, Happy New Year everyone. This is the third year of the My Bleeding Ears Podcast and welcome back to this year. We got a lot of stuff we want to talk about and I got a lot of movies coming up this year that are weird, funny, scary, and full of Guts and butts, boobs and blood. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Let's start off with uh, some some of the movies that we've seen lately. Uh, we went to the theater and we saw Aquaman. Yes, we did. It is you know a James Wan movie. Who did the Saw movies and Insidious? A lot of horror stuff, some action like Death Sentence, <laughs> which I know you love. Um,
1: I don't think I knew that he did that. Movie. Yeah, he did Death <laughs>
0: Sentence. And he also did the other one that you don't like, uh, Dead Silence.
1: You know, that one's grown on me. Really? It was one of those movies that was so bad, I watched it over and over and over. And <laughs> now you just like and it. I started to like it actually, and not just ironically, yeah.
0: See, I would say the same thing for me, for... for uh for Alone in the Dark movie with the one with uh, <laughs> <laughs> Christian oh Slater. No, no, no. So yeah, that one I, <laughs> I tended to started to like more and more. And yeah, it was ironically because <laughs> it's fucking horrible. And just to hear her, uh, what's her face say Newfoundland. Uh, Tara Reid, she goes Newfoundland, oh, <laughs> in the that's right. and she's like playing a uh, scientist in there. So it's that's the little... that
1: no one corrected her. Yeah, <laughs>
0: well, I'm, well, I'm sure Uva Ball doesn't know how to say it correctly yeah. either. He's not the greatest director, so.
1: right?
0: So, what do you think of Aquaman?
1: You know, I I'm gonna be in the minority on most of these movies, and I think we both are. Yeah, I think so. But I gave it a C plus, C minus. It's okay, Jason Momoa didn't do anything wrong, Amber Heard didn't do anything wrong.
0: She was actually a standout in this movie. Yeah, definitely. Which I didn't think was going to happen. A lot of her roles just seem like they're just tossed in to move the story forward a little bit. I better. agree,
1: definitely. And this is her first leading role... No, not her first. The first one that I've seen.
0: She's had a lot of leading roles. Yeah. She's had... A, uh, not a lot of She's had a few.
1: Right. But I, I just haven't really seen any of them.
0: None of them, like, a huge budget, except for... What's that one she was in with Di- Johnny Depp that was horrible? The Rum
1: Diaries. Something like that. Yeah. Or
0: the one where he plays the detective or something stupid. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. She's been in a few of those.
1: So, it was just... I don't think it, it's that it's the movie that's silly. I think that maybe I just think Aquaman is silly. You have great white sharks harnessed that you're writing. <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, it is the same story. I had a conversation with someone about Aquaman. And like, yeah, every single story or, or movie that's put on screen or in like cartoon form is the same thing over and over again. Someone's trying to take over Atlantis, and Aquaman's there to take care of it. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the same thing over and over and over and over and over again.
1: I think maybe it was a lesson in diversity, because Aquaman looks almost German in the comics. Yeah. And they definitely make him ethnic in this, which I think is really important to drive the plot forward.
0: Yeah, Tamura Morrison played his dad. Yeah. And uh, he, I believe he's from New Zealand, I want to say. Okay. He... I remember, I believe one of his first roles I remember him in, it wasn't even the Django Fett role in uh, Attack of the Clones. I think it was the movie Once for Warriors, I think he was in. Okay. And it was, like, uh, one of his, like, an uh, uh, outstanding role by him. So, uh, you should check that one out.
1: Okay, I like him a lot. I, yeah, I don't recognize him from anything. Not even Django Fat. I don't know why I said not even Django Fat. Of course, I don't remember him. <laughs>
0: Sorry,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I like him a lot. Um, yeah, Nicole Kidman dressed up like the Predator with
0: dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Well, you liked it more than I did, it I seems did. like. Because I, I gave it a D plus. I
1: think Jason Momoa is very charming yes, all the time. He and is. This is no exception.
0: I think uh, he's a good Aquaman. A yeah. lot of the jokes didn't fall. I mean, they fell flat for me. Yeah. But it seemed like the ladies seemed to like him a lot.
1: Yeah, ask me my favorite part of Aquaman. What's
0: your favorite part of Aquaman? So
1: clearly, like all the women, 40-something women in the front row had never even seen the trailer before. He does the superhero landing in the submarine, like we've all seen in the trailer. And he stands up and he goes, "Permission to come aboard." And Wink. I heard like giggle sploosh. Honestly, yeah. in the front row, I, all yeah. I heard was hee hee hee
0: hee Yeah, I was thinking this is an interactive movie with all the wetness that was going around.
1: <laughs> the front row. Yeah.
0: Got exactly. wet. Oh, <laughs> Gallagher wasn't even up front.
1: <clears throat> so yeah, I, I don't want to be too hard on this movie. It is what it is. Well, if there's some.
0: There's some talent in this movie, yeah. and there's some recognizable faces. Like, I, did, I didn't really read up too much about this movie, but I, I forgot Willem Dafoe was in it. Yeah. Dolph oh, yeah. Lundgren is in it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're Both like, yes. great. Yeah. They're, the acting is fantastic. I mean, again, Nicole Kidman, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson was one of my problems, because I've seen Patrick Wilson be a fun bad guy. Right. And he doesn't get to be, which isn't his fault, mm, I guess. Yeah. Warren isn't a fun bad guy, but.
0: Yeah, the A-Team, he was pretty fun
1: exactly that's what I'm thinking yeah, of yeah exactly so I was disappointed that he wasn't like the fun villain
0: true I agree uh, so and, and there's some other names in here too that I didn't recognize one of them I, I read about and it's Julie Andrews she does a voice of the, like the Kraken yeah it was down <laughs> for
1: us because I didn't know the other two either yeah, yeah
0: J- uh, John Rhys-Davies mm-hmm. plays the the crab king <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> and Jimon Hans, who plays another king and I believe the, the fish king or fish the, king the, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's some there's some big names in this but it uh, th- doesn't necessarily make a movie. No, it's
1: it's okay. Yeah,
0: it's it's if you like action movies and fish and shit, this movie's for you. I I don't think I'll ever see it again. But
1: no, I won't either. Whereas Wonder Woman I've seen five times, and we'll keep right. seeing it. I mean, when we're talking about DC movies. Yes. That's the one that stands that's, out for me and for everybody.
0: That's the, the best one starting with this new DC influx of films. You yes. know? And We're not talking about like the Dark Knight and everything. We're talking about right. pretty much what happens with the start of Man of Steel on.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. But
0: yeah, that probably is the best one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not my favorite, but yeah, probably the best one. Uh, Bumblebee. No. why well, you want my answer in what I think is the favorite DC movie, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> or curious. which one I like the most out of them. Uh, I would have to see Man of Steel.
1: Okay. I like the That's most. kind of what I thought you would say.
0: Uh, I enjoy that one more. But I'll, also, I've only seen Wonder Woman once. Okay. And I did enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's a good movie. I enjoyed Man of Steel more, but Wonder Woman is a better made movie.
1: Well, in the mid... Ma- no, never mind. I'm thinking Batman versus Superman. Never mind. Moving on. Well, that's part
0: okay. of what it's... Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Bumblebee, we saw that also. And um, I will give the movie, the first five minutes of this movie, an A+. <laughs> Everything after that is an F. <laughs> so that's why my final grade for this movie is a D-. <laughs> and then the first five minutes is the only thing that saves this from an F-. minus.
1: I thought I was fine. It didn't make me angry. Like it made <laughs> it, me angry. It, it made me angry in the theater. I
0: threw up my hands ten minutes in.
1: I mean, I knew you were really mad that he doesn't speak in this series. Right. And, so, uh, yep. and then I looked it up and I was like, oh, Dylan O'Brien, who's kind of a big star now from Run- Maze Runner, Teen Wolf, he does his voice. So I was like, don't worry, he has a voice. Yes. And then as soon as one of the Decepticons <clears throat> takes it away... And who the fuck was... was
0: that Decepticon anyway? Yeah. We never know.
1: Right. Yeah. Tell them your other problem.
0: My other problem is, okay, the first five minutes of this movie are awesome. It's what every Transformer movie should have been. Mm-hmm. But then they leave Cybertron, and Bumblebee makes it to Earth. He has a voice, but he <laughs> he loses it in like yeah the first ten minutes, and then he doesn't talk throughout the rest. And then I was just I was just over it. How the fuck during, what, six Transformers movies now? Bumblebee talks during none of them? Although I haven't really seen the last two because I just gave up. Right. But fuck this. Seriously. Bumblebee in the cartoon talked all the time. Right. He was like the big human connection in... That whole Transformers series. Agreed. And then you're going to take his voice away?
1: Yeah. Whatever. No, I agree. He was my favorite. He's everybody's favorite, I think, Transformer. Well, not yours, but...
0: And then you have two no-name bad guy Decepticons who come in. Shatter and Dropkick is their name. Okay. Um, yeah, I just had a look on IMDB right now. And it's played by Angela Bassett and Justin Theroux. Huh. It's two no-name Decepticons. No one's ever fucking heard of except for Transformers people, you know? Big, big Transformers people, which I'm sure these characters came out in, like, Gen 2 or something, or when the cartoon was shitty.
1: So they are Decepticons. They aren't just made up for this movie. Right, yeah. Then
0: there was another Decepticon, too, Blitzwing, which I just read, too. Um, He was the one who stole Bumblebee's voice in the beginning. Okay. So that's just my whole problem with this movie and this movie isn't made for me no this is a a family movie it's a
1: kid's movie yeah it's a kid's movie it's Mm -hmm. for
0: it's actually a family movie not even a kid's movie this is for transformers fans who are like in their 40s now and want to take their kid to go see bumblebee because Bumblebee's the cutest and he doesn't fucking talk
1: I I do think Bumblebee's cute, but I'm not as invested in the Transformers as you are.
0: Oh, I'm not even invested anymore. I thought, after reading all these reviews, it was going to bring something new to the table. The filmmaking, yes, it was new in a way, but then they just switched Wiki with Haley Steinfeld, and it's the same story for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's someone who's awkward and doesn't get along with very many people, and Finds their own fucking Transformer that doesn't talk. Right. like, great, you got the shittiest Transformer. Congratulations. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought
1: it was fine, guys. You should go see it unless you love Transformers. Or love Bumblebee when he talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: don't, well, what grade do you give it, then? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear this.
1: I give it a C plus. <laughs>
0: Same as Aquaman?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Same as Aquaman. Like, I wasn't wowed. And, you know, I think because Aquaman was doing so well and people couldn't believe how good a movie about Aquaman could be and Bumblebee was doing so well and people couldn't believe. Like, I got my hopes up without even knowing it for both of them.
0: Me too. And And I was kind
1: of disappointed.
0: Well, then. then,
1: I think they're both fine.
0: You think they're fine. I think they're crap. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, then, our next film is pretty surprising, given what we just gave these other two films. (laughs) I
1: think you guys are going to disagree with us again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) This is probably one of your favorite movies of of 2018 now. (laughs) And it's too bad we saw it really late.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I would have put it on my list last week that i
0: seen it. Uh, One of the movies we saw was Venom by Ruben Fleischer, (laughs) who did like Zombieland and a bunch of, you know, Ruben Fleischer does a bunch of like different kind of movies. He Mm -hmm. he seems kind of like a gun for hire in a way.
1: And I think he has a good feel for comedy and yes. action.
0: Yes, I, I think so, too.
1: Zombieland is a great example of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that was his first film, too.
1: It looked like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So we got Tom Hardy as Venom. Much better Venom than Topher Grace. They changed yes. up the character a bit. Good. I mean, yeah, why not? Fuck it.
1: He made this movie for me. I doubt I would have liked it without him. I don't think there's anybody else who could have done what he did. I don't know.
0: Well, because Tom Hardy is, is pretty versatile, and he doesn't. He really didn't seem like an Eddie Brock to me when this movie first was announced. And I'm a big fan of Spider Man, and, mm-hmm. and Venom was my favorite villain.
1: So this Eddie Brock, Brock is kind of schlubby, bristly. Is that what Eddie uh, Brock's like? Eddie
0: Brock, when he first was introduced, he was kind of just like a kind of an asshole, uh, uh, journalist.
1: Okay. He's
0: just pretty much, he was the opposite of Peter Parker.
1: Well, that's but he was, but he, is, but, but of. Eddie
0: Brock was also a dick to Spider-Man and tried to fuck him over all the time. That's right. the difference. I remember that this, from Spider-Man this, 3. This guy doesn't try and fuck people over. He's just trying to fuck people over who did things wrong. True.
1: He's <laughs> a very good investigative journalist. Yeah. He's not
0: fucking over other journalists yeah. per se. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you seem to like this one a lot. I liked it, too. <laughs> I didn't think it was great, but, I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a yeah. good time. It was a cool little offshoot movie. It doesn't have to connect in the 80 other fucking movies for you to understand it.
1: I, and I do kind of feel like everybody else that was in it was sort of in a different movie than Tom Hardy was in. <laughs> I don't know. He was the only one who really seemed to get what kind of movie he was doing and... Everything that he does, like when he's talking to Venom and when he becomes Venom, it's all so funny. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know.
0: It seems like everyone else is taking this movie a bit too s- more seriously than yeah. he was. And he was going with it a bit more. Because yeah. he's a great actor. I mean, yes. He is. He and really is.
1: He was leaning into the silliness of it. Like when his arm becomes a mm. Venom arm. And he sort of isn't controlling it anymore. He seems yeah. surprised. and I don't know. I think it's funny. Yeah, it was I funny. love him.
0: And when Venom and him were having conversations. That was good too. It yes. was, they focused a lot on the Venom. And not as much on all this other stuff. But then they kind of had to fuck it up a little bit. When they had to put in... The, your mid credit scene, which I'm getting fucking sick of, really. <laughs> I am really getting sick of these end and mid credit scenes. Just put it in the movie, okay? Yeah. Just just do it, all right?
1: I agree. Especially when I'm in the theaters. A lot of times, because we are skipping into another movie, so we right. don't have time <laughs> to stick around for the credits. Or I have to pee, and I don't have time to stick around for the credits.
0: I just don't give a shit anymore. I'll just wait till the next movie. Yeah. I, I don't... Who cares? And this one... They they, I think they hired the wrong person for the the Carnage character. Woody Harrelson is I guess he's gonna be playing Carnage in the next movie.
1: If they make another one, do you think they will? This one didn't This one did great. (laughs) This one was fucking fantastic. It seems like nobody liked
0: it. Nobody liked the Transformers movies and they keep making those things. (laughs) (laughs) This movie did bomb ass box office Okay work in, like, China, it blew everyone away. People loved it in China. People loved it here, too. It didn't do the numbers of, like, Infinity War or Spider-Man, but as an offshoot character, it did very well.
1: Okay. So, alright, then he probably will be Carnage. Now, talk a little bit about Carnage, because I didn't know anything about
0: him. Carnage was just, like, a, a suicidal kind of... Not suicide, but he was just a crazy guy. He was a murderer, you know? He was just nuts. And the conversation they have like i really didn't even expect for a conversation like that to happen i i don't even think cletus cassidy has those kind of conversations and woody harrelson hey let's slap this curly wig on him (laughs)
1: yeah it
0: looks pretty bad
1: i said that he looks like a villain in a joel schumacher batman movie yeah he does (laughs) he said he looks like sideshow bob he does
0: it's (laughs) it's it's pretty bad they should've... I've been saying this since they were talking about a Venom movie coming out and, of course, Carnage being his, his biggest villain, that Zack Ward is my, has been my pick. Always. Because... I think he could pull it off. Ooh, yeah. He's got the red hair. He looks... If you look at pictures of Cletus Cassidy in comic form and you look at Zach Ward, you're like, oh, fuck. I mean, that's Cletus Cassidy right yeah, there. Yeah,
1: he'd be scary. I'd yeah, like that.
0: but no. They they wanted a big name in there. Like, mm. every other fucking superhero movie, let's get a big name. We can put it in there. No, why don't. Why don't we start building up some other actors? And Come on.
1: Zombieland. Man. I mean, I made that connection <clears throat> oh, yeah. immediately. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, that makes sense. But yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jenny, so, but
0: yeah, everyone else kind of took this movie a little too seriously. I agree. Michelle Williams, Jenny Slate, Riz Ahmed, uh, there's some pretty good actors in here.
1: And I don't. We re- watched a review that says uh, Riz Ahmed is miscast, and I disagree. I think he does. I think yeah. he does a good job. It's just yeah. like I said, they're all in a different movie than Tom Hardy is.
0: Miscast? How is he miscast? I don't get he's that. Yeah, he's a corporate yeah. guy. He's what, like is he? a
1: corporate sleaze. He's what is he? Perfect?
0: Too, too fucking brown or something to be a corporate guy? Yeah, is that or it? Is, is that it? I feel like
1: he looks and dresses like every frat guy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Risa Matt, I like you a lot. Yeah, he's fine. And so yeah, I give this movie an A.
0: You give it an for A? For Tom
1: Hardy alone. I, love I,
0: it. I give it a solid B. <laughs> uh, our final movie that we saw over this past weekend. Finally, which I've been waiting and I've heard horrible things about, and even I said some shitty things about it, too, uh, was The Predator.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's the what third movie, uh, third Predator movie, other than the Alien versus Predator movies, which I don't even think are in the canon of the Predator movies. Right. Oh, fourth Predator movie, actually, because there's Predators. Oh,
1: right, yeah. Predators. But I don't
0: know if they're even putting that one in the timeline here. Okay, uh but yeah this will be the part three kind of thing mm-hmm. called the predator uh it's by shane black the director and he wrote it with fred decker uh they worked together on monster squad so long ago mm-hmm. so it's cool to see them come back together and write this story and script but at the same time i think they're <clears throat> a little i think they're writing a movie that should have happened in the 80s Maybe and, and I Maybe think that's, that's the problem. I think that's yeah. the problem of this movie. There's a few of them. There's obviously there's a bunch of scenes cut out. You, I could tell. Um, one especially was the Olivia Munn scene where um, she was supposedly. There's a scene of her speaking with another gentleman right before the police. She's like a scientist, and the police come and get her. Like, hey, we, you know, or the FBI or whatever, come and grab right. her and like, hey, we have a thing you need to check out. But before that scene, she had she was speaking with someone else, and it turned out in real life that that guy was a uh, convicted sexual predator. Uh, he was one of Shane Black's friends that he hired, and he didn't tell anyone on the set that he was a sexual predator yeah. or con- convicted. Right. Um, so she was upset about that a few weeks before the movie came out because she wasn't notified and then she found out. So a lot, I think that scene was cut out of the movie.
1: Good, and good for her for speaking out about it. Mm-hmm.
0: And then there was other scenes, too. Like, uh, do you remember seeing Jake Busey in that movie? Yeah. Do you remember seeing him again in that initial scene? No. No. He <laughs> never comes back, does he? He's never back in this fucking movie. And he plays the, I don't know, maybe the son of Keys, from uh, which his dad played in part two. I believe he played the son of. And wow. he, he never came back well yeah that's the whole point oh, yeah. of like Keys.
1: that okay
0: that whole like you know where they're doing the predator testing and everything and and he i guess he's you know carrying on the family legacy of catching a predator which okay. they do <laughs> uh, <laughs> <you> sure did <laughs> uh, there's some pretty good talent in this movie you got um uh trevati rhodes who's from moonlight you got jacob trembley who's from The Broom. Or from Room, you have Keegan Michael Key from um, uh, Key and Peele, Olivia Munn, Sterling K. Brown, Thomas Jane, Alfie Allen, Jake Busey—just these big names. Yeah,
1: and when I saw Sterling K. Brown, I didn't read anything about this movie. I saw he was in it, and I was like, "Well, everything Sterling K. Brown touches turns to gold," so this
0: got to be really good. I was wrong. Not always. Uh,
1: and I'm totally thirsting, just like everybody else on the planet, after Trevante Rhodes. Especially after this and Bird Box. Oh my god.
0: You saw Bird Box? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that yet. People keep asking me about that movie. Oh. What did you think of it?
1: I thought it was alright. Okay. Again, I'm starting to question, like, am I just mad at movies right now? Because I haven't really liked any that everybody thought was yeah, great. Yeah,
0: I know. And people, you know, I've had about four or five people ask me what i thought of that movie... So I gotta watch it and tell him what I think now, because... It's okay. He's yeah.
1: great. Thirsten after him. Okay. Bullock's great. I've always thought so. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Hmm. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, I got, Well, When did you watch it?
1: I watched it... Uh... I don't know. I was... I told you oh, that I watched it. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, well, you never really went into it. You just no. told me what you thought it was, and then what... You, it actually was. So. Yeah.
1: I guess I had high hopes for, I thought it was going to be like, oh, this is like a metaphor for white people being blind to social injustices. <laughs> and then I was reading way too much
0: <laughs> <of> it. <laughs> No, it's just some lady walking through it's the forest. not what it was. <laughs> and
1: then I was disappointed.
0: I actually liked The Predator. I had a good time watching it. Yeah, it was kind of a throwback to the 80s and the way they wrote it and... Some people just need to stop doing certain things after a while and just kinda maybe give it up a little bit. I like Shane Black and Me I too. like I like Fred Decker. Um but stop trying to recreate stuff that was done thirty years ago. I agree. Just yeah. Move on from that, you know, be like Scorsese, man. That guy did a lot of mob movies and then he kinda mixed it up a bit and went back to the mob and made comedies and did that horror one
1: movie. horror movies? Yeah. yeah,
0: Shutter Island. Yeah, he did uh, that. He uh, does religious movies. Mm-hmm. Like he's done like three or four of those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, he
1: takes more risks than yeah. I, I think is what you're saying than Shane Black. But
0: he does. ends up pulling them off. Yeah, nearly every single time.
1: Agreed. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I liked the ragtag bunch of PTSD guys. That's and yeah. Michael Key, Trevante Rhodes. I I'm, he's like Michael B. Who I forgot uh, about him. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm <laughs> no, kidding. Didn't. I love them both. Um, Thomas Jane, who I didn't even recognize at first, he's the guy who's got. Yeah,
0: but he was kind of that. See, that that's the character I like the least out of all of them was him. Is that character? Yeah, I like the Keegan Michael Key character. Yeah, he was kind of the um, Hawkins from the original Predator, right? In, in a way, which Shane Black played. But I give this movie a, a B minus.
1: I give it a C plus. It's okay. Mm. Yeah,
0: four, uh, three out of the four movies are C-pluses today. You're yeah, kinda...
1: I'm really, I don't know what my problem is. I was not in the mood for any of these except Venom, apparently. Yeah, it seems like. Venom. <laughs> <laughs> There's an awful yet still awesome Eminem song in the credits. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> He's
1: got to put his kid through college.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is he through college by yet, though?
1: I don't know how old she is, maybe. No, she just went to Homecoming last year.
0: You sure. No. That might
1: have been like four, yeah, that years, was like ago. four years ago. Come on. <laughs> Maybe she's getting her master's. Let's know. just say I had
0: a different job when I saw that picture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a while ago.
1: Anywho, <laughs> go see Venom.
0: You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. Our movie of the week is the 1993 Guillermo del Toro directed Kronos. And written by. Written yeah. by, too. Mm-hmm. I think he's written most of his movies. So
1: yeah, a lot of them. A mm-hmm. lot of
0: them, I think. He's either co written or, or written the whole thing.
1: Not Blade 2 at all, though, I noticed. N- no, he didn't write that? I didn't find it in his writing credits. Hmm. hmm.
0: Well, hey, man. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Maybe. I'm wrong let me know but (laughs) i thought
1: that was weird because that's your favorite yeah
0: i know something i guess i never really read up on.
1: couldn't find that he wrote wrote it just directed it Hmm.
0: well i have been passing on this movie for what 20 years now over 20 years i remember first seeing um the uh quick previews of it back when the black boxes were still around you know the um you had those pay per view channels on that, uh, on cable, then you got those. You throw like the cable man a couple hundred bucks, or you mm-hmm. knew some dude, they'll give you a black box which gives you all the channels and unscrambles everything. We had one. Yep, I did too. <laughs> we had to get up a couple of them because they changed the signal every once in a while. <laughs> so uh, one of the times was Kronos, and I my young self passed on it because I was like, ah, oh, it's in Spanish. I don't want to read. Even though I would read other movies before then, and I was like, ah, it just doesn't look like it's my kind of film. Yeah, because
1: so, you watched a lot of kung fu movies. With your yeah, dad. It's been like I you did. Were bothered by subtitles? No,
0: not at all. Actually, I, I like them even more now. Yeah, and it's a little harder to watch the movie while you're reading, but it it gives you, I guess it it's, I don't know, you know, because the uh, the dialogue can be you know dubbed maybe a little better than what they can explain in writing. I guess because sometimes I've read I've I watched this one movie called uh, I want to say bullet in the head it's a John Woo movie Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and they dubbed the whole movie and near the end there's like this American helicopter that saves like these guys who are in Vietnam and while these Americans are speaking they're also giving the subtitles beneath Mm -hmm. and the subtitles were all off for the American speaking so which the killing
1: was the killer
0: the killer It was um, the
1: same way. I felt like. Well,
0: I don't remember there were any English in the killer.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant the English dubbing was different from the English subtitles. No, the
0: English dubbing was. Yeah, the English dubbing from the English speaking people were different from uh, the English subtitles.
1: I got it. Okay. okay.
0: So uh, I don't know. I guess I got a little off topic. Yeah, <laughs> trying sorry. To explain this. So uh, you
1: didn't see this because it was like you yeah, were like, oh, exactly. it's in Spanish, and yeah, and I. I've always been interested in it, because I didn't really know anything about Guillermo del Toro until I saw Pan's Labyrinth, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So I, I read up on him, and I was like, ooh, Kronos, that sounds interesting. I have to see that. And then I just never did.
0: Mm-hmm. But we're happy we did this time, though. Yeah. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's, it's not very complicated. It's straightforward. Uh, it's about this, this uh, alchemist who makes this like little trinket that lets you live forever
1: yeah there's a little bug that controls it right lives in the inside of it
0: and it like filters whomever has this little trinket bug thing whoever has it it like filters their blood out so get all like diseases and whatever is going wrong with them to make them healthy so pretty much this is like a little machine that makes them a vampire because then after they um they put this on they crave blood Right. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a it's a unique vampire story. Definitely. Which I love, man. I I, I like vampire movies, um half and half, you know. I, I, I love like From Dusk Till Dawn Or, like, Fright Nights or Lost Boys, but I'm not a big fan of the the romantic stuff, really. Yeah,
1: well, and in the 2000s and 2010s, we were just saturated with vampire movies, romantic ones.
0: just, yeah. Even weird,
1: unique ones, like Tom Hiddleston did one with Tilda Swinton, right? I can't remember what it's called.
0: Yeah, What Lovers Do or something like that. Yeah. Then there's, no, wait, that's, yeah, that's that one, or Byzantium was another one i believe it was a vampire <laughs> yeah and yeah there's just a lot of vampires and the twilight really just killed it for a yeah. lot of people I mean, like horror that's
1: barely vampires
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's sparkly vampires yeah. diamond it's bejeweled vampires yeah okay um so yeah i like the uniqueness of this story and i love the filmmaking and you can see like the shots taking place. And I believe this is the same cinematographer that he uses in his other movies, too. So you can definitely...
1: I could see that, yeah. You can
0: see it in there. and Just, like, uh, the camera movements and the panning and and uh, just the angles and everything. It's it's very del Toro-esque. And um, having, like, the, the small, the little girl, the six-year-old girl, mute girl, is very Guillermo-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie's pretty much just about this, this guy who runs an antique shop who... Um has this statue that has like this little trinket in it that ends up being the Kronos and uh it transforms him into a vampire. But there's also this rich guy out there looking for the same thing that he found he I guess bought or found this book that was written by the Alchemist, which tells him about the Kronos and about uh how you use the Kronos, right. the rules of it. So he's been looking for this trinket for about forty years since the alchemist died, and so he's been going around looking for these different um, archangel statues, and he sends people out to find them. And there's this like shifty dude who finds one in this guy's um, antique shop, but before the um, the rich guy can send his. Uh, nephew over which is played by Ron Perlman Ron Perlman which is awesome and I didn't even know he was this, in this movie yeah I was like, yes Ron Perlman I knew he was in it and in he's great in this glory. movie too he's oh, awesome he? man
1: he's Ron fucking Perlman he's always great <laughs>
0: he's fucking awesome in this movie and I asked I mean
1: we watched City of Lost Children which is a French movie where he speaks French so I was like does he speak Spanish
0: <laughs> and maybe a little yeah I think he did a lot of this stuff phonetically like he did Probably. in City of Lost Children
1: yeah
0: so yeah but he's great in this movie um uh, the rich uncle sends him over, and he buys the statue, but before then, the, the the antique dealer found it before he did, and accidentally used it and became the vampire.
1: Um, yeah, it's like, so it latches onto his hand, and he mm-hmm. rips it off, right. and he's really upset by it, but then his hand starts to, like, itch, and it's it's like a... Like an addict, like a drug that yeah. he needs, and so yeah. he gets it back out and puts it back on.
0: He's like itching at like crackheads and stuff. Yeah. like itching and and yeah. And that's <laughs> the
1: thing that gives him relief.
0: Right. It's this little. It looks like a scarab, kind of this Kronos right. thing. Mm-hmm. he puts it on his. He ends up putting it on his chest later to lead it right to his heart, and it heals him. But what he doesn't know is that, um, well, he goes to the uh, the rich guy to you know, hey you know kind of trick him but then the the rich guy finds out that he actually did find the trinket the Kronos. so um the guy uh, the rich guy is like you know you don't know the rules for this so if you're gonna hold on to this you're you're probably might die you know mm-hmm. so sort of, i'll be waiting for you when you finally figure out that you need to come and give this to me and then we'll go over the book together and that's it it's kind of like a, a little bit of a back and forth between the uh, ron perlman and his uncle versus the alchemist I mean, not the alchemist, the antique dealer, and his like granddaughter. Right. Right.
1: It turned out to be a New Year's movie. Yes, which it we did. did. Not know. Yes, he's at a New Year's Eve party with his wife and his granddaughter, and he goes to the bathroom, and it's a scene that made me kind of gag. And this <laughs> guy gets a bloody nose, and he bleeds everywhere, including on the floor, and uh, Jesus uh, starts to lick blood off the floor, and like. It's not that it's blood. It's that it's nose blood. It's my yeah. mucus thing, you it's, guys. It's
0: mixed with boogers and I stuff. I know
1: that it's just corn syrup. I know that, but uh, blah, blah, blah. So then he gets kicked in the face by who we find out is Ron Perlman.
0: Right. Uh, they, the name of this guy, the name of our main character who, who owns the Kronos, at, um, who finds the Kronos, his name is Jesus. And Ron mm-hmm. Perlman's name is Angel. Angel, <clears>
1: yeah. So Angel takes him in Jesus' car to this cliff, to find out where this thing trinket is because he's tired of his dad bugging him about it nah. and <laughs> see what yeah, i did yeah. wasn't even on purpose <laughs> um and ends up killing him we think by pushing the car off the cliff killing jesus
0: yeah right and he's he's actually um pronounced dead and they're about to burn him yeah <laughs> it's a really cool scene um uh, <laughs> where they're about to cremate the, um, Jesus' character. So um, the uh, mortician and the, the makeup guy, mortician guy, um, mm-hmm. like make him up and they find out, like, oh, they're going to cremate him. And so, like, the next scene, they're about to push the box into the, the cremation and it doesn't work. So the, the mortician has to go downstairs and kind of like kickstart it again. And then when he goes back upstairs, the guy's not in the box anymore. But the uh, the mortician doesn't see him out of the box. Right, he uh, can see that he's weakest. not in there.
1: Yeah. But he, yeah,
0: he can't. So he pushes him in the fire, and Ron Perlman goes and checks to make sure he's dead, because the his rich uncle is like, "Are you sure he's dead? Did he did his heart get pierced? You know?" Then Ron Ron Perlman sees that he's being burnt. He's like, "All right, everything's fine." mm mm-hmm. But he escaped. <laughs> and it's a pretty... It's a funny scene, too, because he leaves out of there, and you don't get to see it. You just get to see him on the street. Yeah. And he's got his suit on backwards. And when you go to... When you're, you're being embalmed and getting ready to put out for display for the funeral, they don't dress you. Like, they don't put you arm in, arm in. They kind of just... Velcro you in the back. You know, they don't, like, put that whole suit on you. Oh. So they'll, like, tie it up in back so it makes it a little easier to put it on you. Because think of, like, putting a shirt on a dead person. Then try and think of putting a shirt on a dead person where you can just kind of not have to lift them up. You have you can just put it over as a drape.
1: Okay, because that confused me. I was like, so in the embalming process did they turn his head around? Or I didn't get that. I
0: think he just turned it around um, I think that was an homage to a. I don't know which Frankenstein movie it was, but it's not one of the Boris Karloff ones. I okay. think it's the uh, Bela Lugosi Frankenstein that um, that uh, uh, he did a while ago. Because it looks, if you look at the pictures, it looks just like him in a okay. way, like what he's wearing and how he's walking and stuff. So okay. I think it was a little Guillermo del Toro nod to that. That um that Frankenstein well, that's character. That's cool.
1: But I agree with you. I like that you don't he doesn't like blah, out of the right. coffin, he's just gone. He and just then leaves. He never scares us. He's just outside looking confused and <laughs> yeah. super alive. I like that, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then he ends up going back to the, the rich uncle and his um actually his little granddaughter lets him into the house because everyone thinks he's dead. They had a funeral, his wife is mourning. But she knows that he used the Kronos and he's not going to die. Right. So she lets him into the house and...
1: His face is all craggy.
0: It's all gnarled and up because he'd gotten in a car accident. So yeah, he's all Mm -hmm. fucked up. He doesn't look well, right? Yeah. And he's got makeup on too, so he looks like a a ghoul. Yeah. Uh, So his granddaughter makes up like this... Make makeshift coffin of like a toy box of her and he sleeps in there for a while and uses the chronos again to kind of heal himself
1: yeah because he can't be in the sun yeah he can't because yeah. yeah, he's
0: a vampire mm-hmm. now so he can't really handle it and then when night comes again he ends up going to the rich uncle in this like big factory because it's there's only about like two or three different set pieces in this movie there's the um the antique shop the uh the factory where the rich uncle owns and lives, and Ron Perlman also lives there too, and the, um, like the, uh, their apartment building Mm -hmm. and the top of their apartment building. Those are the only three parts, really, in this whole movie. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, sets, I mean. So, um, they go back to the rich uncle with the daughter, with the six-year-old granddaughter, and she helps out, um her grandfather when they meet they're trying to look for this book so he can read on what the rules are right but the the rich old man wakes up and um he seems like he's he's trying to have a conversation and somewhat be nice to to um to jesus
1: he does yeah
0: but he's he ends he says that he took out the pages in that book that read that he um what the rules were <laughs> So mm-hmm. I mean, He has the upper hand Cause And what's awesome About this movie too Is that they never tell you What the rules are Right You never learn about mm-hmm. them Either And I was like Yes Thank you Don't tell us Wonderful
1: What he does say Because Jesus says something like Look at me Or something like that And the old man says Tells him to just pull the skin. Pull off. your skin off, man. And he does, and it's all white underneath. Yeah,
0: he's a ghoul now. Yeah, and exactly. And, and, so and that's you the have same been
1: reborn. And
0: that's the same way the alchemist looked in the beginning of the movie, because um, the movie begins with the alchemist making that the Kronos, and then 400 years later, you see some guy who has been um, who was in a building that collapsed, and he ended up getting impaled and died. And when you see him, he. His skin is all bluish-white. Right. He looks like um, the vampire from Blade Two, like the head-head vampire. Yeah. That's what they look like, that Mm -hmm. bluish-whitish skin. Yeah. Um, But we end up finding out later is that this alchemist was supposed to make this, the Kronos for, like, his king, but later on we learn that he never gave it over to the king Mm -hmm. and just kept it himself and hid it, and then, of course... There was like a yard sale, and someone sold the the archangel statue where he hid it, and and, <laughs> and Jesus ends up owning it. And so, um, uh, the 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 rich uncle confuses the uh, Jesus, and he ends up stabbing Jesus, but not in the heart though. That was kind of stupid in the him. gut, yeah, right in the gut. Um, but then his his daughter ends up cracking. Uh, the old the old man upside the head with one of his little canes that he had mm-hmm. knocks him out and uh, we think he ends up bleeding to death. But uh, Ron Perlman ends up coming up because his uncle called him earlier to come help out to kill you know uh, uh, Jesus.
1: And his uncle's like a Howard Hughes type, yeah. Where like he's really scared of germs, right? And like...
0: Yeah, he's trying to prolong his life the yeah. longest he can, and that's what you end up doing, is just right? Like, Hiding yourself from all the diseases because once you're ill with something, you know, it's a lot, you get sick a lot quicker. Right.
1: So, anyway, I'm sorry. I just wanted to add that little detail. But Ron Perlman comes up
0: and, um, he sees his uncle on the floor dead. He's like, yes! You know, because he's been <laughs> fucking him over this whole time, like slapping him, degrading Ron Perlman's character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then now he gets, the, the he can finally, you know, be, a, get, own the company and cash out and have money and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, um, He's not dead. The uncle's not <laughs> dead, but then Ron Perlman kills him. Kills him. Then there's a fight between Jesus and Ron Perlman, and uh, Jesus ends up tackling Ron Perlman off the side of a building because he's kind of going after his granddaughter, and he uh, they fall through a few things. Ron Perlman dies, and Jesus dies too, but his granddaughter puts the uh, the Chronos on him again right over his heart and then he lives again and he's really upset about it at the end he smashes the Kronos and um, the last part the last scene that we see is is Jesus in a bed and all white and bluish you know ghouly looking and his daughter uh, his granddaughter and his wife come in and see him and then that's it that's the movie so I guess you can just take what you want from that ending Uh, it's somewhat ambiguous uh, I guess
1: and you totally understand why the granddaughter would put the Kronos back on him. Yeah. Because throughout the movie, I mean she tries to take it away from him because she's really scared of what it's doing to him. Yeah, and then it's eventually she brings him back to life because, you know, her parents are obviously dead. Yeah. He's the only thing that and I don't think it doesn't seem to me like his wife is her grandmother. They don't seem to have much of a relationship. I mean I think that's on purpose because Well with he,
0: Luis and his wife?
1: With the granddaughter and oh, Jesus's wife, right? She doesn't really seem to be
0: no, a no grandma. No, they really re, they don't have the same connection as right. as Louis. She has with uh, Jesus, and
1: I think that's important because it's clear that the granddaughter only has him. That's right. all she has. Is
0: R- him. Yeah. Right, and because she lost her father to uh, lung cancer, I believe, or some lung disease. So that's why when she sees, like, her grandfather's sick and everything, she gets worried and mm-hmm. she doesn't want... It's the same thing that happened to her grandpa that happened to her dad.
1: Right. But, so, yeah, and you're right. Then it's just kind of over.
0: Yeah, it's just a little ambiguous uh, <laughs> at the end there. And that's really about it. It's but three deaths in this movie. Yep. Um, no breasts in the version we saw. Oh. But I heard that there's an unrated American version where they put in graphic nudity. Why? So I missed where? it. What the fuck, man? Yeah, I know where. Which scene? Yeah. I think I only saw I remember seeing a butt. Or there's did I even see a like butt?
1: The the wife and the granddaughter. Where yeah. Is there even another woman?
0: Exactly, there isn't. Yeah. I got to look this up some more. It's no that breasts. butt, I
1: think is a man's. So I don't uh, think it's a woman's yeah, butt. Yeah.
0: It's a man's butt. <laughs> well, yeah, because there was a yeah that dude was hanging upside down, in uh, the alchemists. Was it the alchemists?
1: Yeah, I think it so. The a alchemists, back, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's
0: hanging upside down. His blood is dripping into a pan. Hmm. But um, I give this movie an A. Yeah.
1: I think I do too. I when I was first done with it, you know, I love Pan's Labyrinth so much. Mm-hmm. I think that again, I got my hopes up to Pan's Labyrinth levels, and I shouldn't have done that. No, (laughs) but I had to sit on it and digest it, Mm -hmm. and I think I give it yeah, A minus, B plus. I like it a lot. I like that the main character is an older man. They you don't often do that in vampire movies because vampire movies about are about like staying young and beautiful, sexy and stuff. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is more about a man who's older and starting to come to grips with his own mortalities, lost mm. his son, and right. can't resist the temptation of you know, eternal life with this Kronos device. Right. I yeah. think that's kind of beautiful in a vampire movie. You don't ever yeah, see that.
0: It is. Del Toro makes great movies. Yeah. And very heartfelt films. And especially this is his first... Yeah, there's no way you can go and be like, all right, Pan's Labyrinth, here we go. Yeah, and then I shouldn't have. It from and I, it's
1: Like, I didn't do that on purpose,
0: but. It's like if I watched Aliens and was like, oh, fuck, Piranha 2 is going to be badass. <laughs> <And> I, not <laughs> the same at all. It is the same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't mean to, but.
1: <laughs> I, it's a good movie, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I definitely recommend this one. There's only three deaths in it. Uh, but it's it's this, this is a fantastic film. I'm kind of sad that it took me so long to see it. But it's a great movie. The effects are good for the time and the budget they had. And it's great. It, 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 this movie is so great just because it's his first movie. And just to mm-hmm. see the talent there. And just waiting to explode all over everyone that... I just, I like this movie a lot.
1: Yeah. And his budding bromance with Ron Perlman. Oh, yeah. I love that
0: <laughs> romance. <laughs> yeah. Ron Perlman rules, man. He's the best. He's
1: a great human being, too. It's really easy yeah. to love Ron Perlman.
0: Now, you're pretty pissed about him not being um, Hellboy, or were you just kind of don't care? I,
1: that's what you think my problem That's what is. I think my
0: problem, yeah, your problem is.
1: I like David Harbour. I love David Harbour. Right. I just don't think we need another Hellboy, but, I don't know. Mm. I'm not into the comic or graphic novel, whatever it is. Well,
0: I've heard that this trailer that came out, like, the scenes that they showed are a little more akin to the comic book as compared to the the Guillermo del Toro's movie, but the way they presented the trailer with the fucking 80s music and stuff, you know, to kind of sell it a little more, I think, than other than just go kind of more horror with the movie. Yeah. Because there's not too many, like, um, comic book movies that are horror. They're just all superhero-y and shit. Right. Except for what they're going to come out with, with uh, the new X-Men movie that's going to come out. Uh, It's going to be a horror movie. Not the the main X-Men movie, like uh, the reboot that they did with uh, Sansa and all them, with their Mm -hmm. 80s and growing up. This is a movie that's taking place in like a um, it seems like a hospital or mental mental institution. So instead of having Sansa, they got Arya in this movie. So sure. they got Maisie Williams.
1: Is it like Legion, that FX show? Cause no, that's, I think closer to horror than. No, action. it's not.
0: It's it's going to be a movie that's coming out later this year.
1: Okay, so. but back to Hellboy. I was <laughs> say something else about Hellboy. Oh, so do you think the trailer for Hellboy is misleading?
0: Yes. Okay. I do I think it's very misleading, and from what they've said it's going to be, then yes, it's misleading, but if they're just going to do the same old shit again, then no. Okay. So if yeah, they're going to go horror, they should have made a horror trailer like they did for the X-Men movie that's coming out.
1: Yeah, then maybe I would have been more curious. Mm. Dark. But also, I think his arm looks stupid and cheap. I'm
0: sorry. I do. <laughs> well, I think his arm looks stupid and cheap anyway, I no guess. matter what iteration Maybe I use. have to go
1: back to the first Hellboys. Maybe it looks stupid and it Yeah, it, does, it still too. looks
0: kind of stupid and cheap. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for joining us once again. Uh, next week is Jessalyn's Movie of the Week, so come join us. And let's start this new year off awesome. We will see you next week.
1: Yeah, Happy New Year. Thanks for listening.